Hello and welcome to this series of podcasts on the subject of making lived experience matter with Nina Chesworth and me, Chris Wilson. During this series, we'll be talking with people from a range of backgrounds with different experiences, looking at the subject of making lived experience matter. Welcome to the latest in our series of podcasts on the subject of making lived experience matter. Our guest today is Raj Mehta, who, amongst other things, uh, has many hats, but today is here as a trustee of many local and national sight loss charities. Raj, a very warm welcome to you. Thank you. Thank you, uh, guys. It's a great pleasure to be with you guys. Uh, thanks. It's uh, great to have you here. And Raj, during our series of podcasts, for all our guests, our first question has always been, what does lived experience mean to you? Thank you, Chris. As someone living with sight loss most of my life, I believe that experience that you build over a lifetime is not substitute for anything else. That knowledge, information, insights that you will have in all the roles you would have within, uh, you know, whether it's a trustee or any other roles. What I believe you contribute is incredible passion with bringing that insight, which will be helpful. It actually, in my view, leads to a much smarter decisions, much better quality of decisions, much effective and efficient way of actually delivering what we need to deliver to our service users. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's a topic, you lived experience, sometimes, you know, you kind of say, what, what does it mean? Uh, you know, why does it, you know, matter so much? And I think you then kind of, you know, I've, I've been reflecting on this from a different perspective. And I think, you know, more and more I think about it, what I see is reading things or having an academic understanding actually is one part of the, you know, sort of conversation. But what people with lived experience bring is that expert or experiential learning such an incredible part of that and and believe and most people and you know i feel that that passion for cause and put together with that experiential learning actually helps you know so much more and it's that voice that you want to have in the conversation where it matters is so so important and you know, I'll share some of my experiences of both, as I say, as I am a trustee on um, a local charity as well as a national, and a not just the sight loss charities, uh, pan disability as well. And I believe that you know someone with lived experience on these boards actually demonstrate some of the knowledge that people don't really have and they have 
seen or they may have read about it, but one they experience from simple things like how you guide somebody with no sight to why is it important to build a confidence in somebody before you uh, you know go for a role or a you know, or, or or any kind of uh, whether it's employment education or or, or simply enjoyment or, or or entertainment or whatever the activities how do you actually make them feel independent what kind of things is important to individuals and and i think when you actually have that experience through the sight loss path and you actually bring that level of understanding within the board that you are on and to actually have that real clarity around why it is important for example even emotional support is absolutely necessary when somebody is diagnosed with sight loss why is it important that people have education what what is that impact that you make why is it important what how do you improve quality in that decision making assuming you have a voice in that decision making process and i think we all heard of core production and you know when you are truly actually involved in making that happen that is when i believe we actually improve the quality of our service the actual impact we make at the end and truly i really feel when you do that it's a truly motivating truly rewarding feeling but you know just coming back to that cooperation and why it is important that uh, you're working alongside whether it's a strategy development and and how do you work together with your colleagues or people who are actually developing that strategy in the end the end product is for our use and i am a user as someone lived with experience i'm impacting my own end service that i will receive and if i can't influence if i can't actually make it clear why is it important to me and what it is that i would like at which stages of my career life etc who else is going to speak for me and i believe that is why i feel for people with lived experience are so important particularly in sight loss sectors where we need people in this sort of uh, place with both at the board level and, and and at the senior executive level we have such a um you know if you look around the sector i believe we have a much much lower representation than it ought to be and i believe that this will uh, only come by when people see what you know i sometimes wonder why am i doing this what's in it for me and i think as i mentioned an opportunity to actually make that impact to make that meaningful to make it really rich to people with this uh, you know eventually a beneficiaries is so so rewarding it's just difficult to explain in how you feel when you see that happen i think 
you know, really sort of thinking another part of why lived experience matters and what can be done. Because I think people really generally feel that if you are someone with this kind of, um, you know, limitations, it is impossible for you to be a part of a, you know, a executive role or board or that kind of role. And I think that comes with really sometimes just simply not having that true understanding of what people are capable of and why and what actually do they need and actually when you think about it from my experience there's very little that there is required in terms of additional needs or accessible needs so for example what do i actually request if i'm in this kind of conversations and wanting to you know uh, most of my papers are sent to me as soft copies and i use screen reading technology to you you know, read those papers the bits that sometimes i find really really challenging is when you see tables of numbers which your know, financial data or some huge numbers of table i then would ask for some help i would ask for help either such things up rather than spreadsheets sent to me as just put it into a word document or actually more for me like a conversation somebody can just talk me through those numbers it's a much much you know interestingly enough you'll find that when you do that not just it helps you it also helps the finance people who are actually putting this data together because they then understand your insights of those numbers and the commentary around it so you know just coming back there's very little accessible you know needs that we're talking about here uh, you know, most of us uh, you know can use uh, either online or in-person meetings without real any issues. You know, usually getting to meetings either on online or or, or face to face. You know, you might just want any help uh, in the last uh, you know mile, but otherwise, again, there's no real need for that. What I think is daunting for people who have not done this kind of thing is when they think about it and say oh well there are board of you know board of members with this kind of experience that kind of experience why how do i actually send up to it why do what do i talk i think what you have to think about is personally why is it important for you to be involved what will you bring and why is it important for them to listen to you it is your personal experience you're bringing into this conversation. It is your benefit and your cause and people like you who are the beneficiaries. And if they do not understand and will not listen to your voice, then why are they actually, what are they doing? And I think that passion for the cause is so important. Raj, your, your passion shines through, certainly, and, and thank you very much for that. If I may, I've just got a couple of points to pick up on. I think Nina was had a question as well. Something I'm, I'm keen to, to ask about, you mentioned about being on, on boards of, of trustees. Do you, is there a, a danger sometimes that there's a conflict between those on the 
perhaps on a trustee board who don't have lived experience of, of whatever it is. And here we're talking about site loss. And those who do and have perhaps service users of, of that service, can there, can there be a conflict and can that be overcome? I, I do not believe there is a conflict. If anything, I believe it's actually a real benefit. I know that you might think that because you are a user and a uh, and a uh, person who has to deliver that service, you're ultimately responsible for that. Therefore, you may see, oh, well, I, I, you know, can I influence what I want as opposed to what the the uh, you know the community as a whole needs are, and how do you differentiate between? your individual need versus the community need. I think what you're bringing and what you are actually speaking to your colleagues about that, that are not actually there with lived experience is to really bring to light what is missing in that conversation if you actually don't talk about it and, and the importance of that conversation. So I do not believe there is a conflict. I think as long as you are detached enough and understanding that you are there not for just to receive a service. I, in fact, think actually it's a massive benefit by having both you there as a user as much as a, as a person who is on the board because you are then able to give a direct feedback on the services if you were in a position that you were receiving the services because because it is possible that as a trustee even though you are living there as you're there as, as someone with lived condition you may not be in receipt of the service that charity is providing within your area it is simply that you happen to be a service user but not at that point in your life possibly so there are many different situations, but even if you were, I believe actually it's a benefit because you can then directly provide feedback to what really is and how good the services are or otherwise, and what improvements can you make. And, and you're therefore providing that level of expertise to your fellow board members. Yeah. Oh, see, that is that such an important point, Chris, and that knowledge and experience and it's an always i i believe that learning experience for your colleagues is so vital you have to make that happen without actually being obvious you have to bring in that experiential learning conversation that voice not just because it's important to the service but it's also important for your colleagues to learn from you and it's so important that every opportunity you have that your colleagues actually understand and have that some feeling and some understanding of that um, experience of what it is to be with no vision or partial vision. Thank you, Raj. And Nina, did you have a, a question at that point? Thanks for that, Raj. It's really, you know, there's so many insights there. Just picking up on something you said earlier about how you use your technology and how you have access to you know a great amount of information through your technology and then if you need the extra support or help you can ask for that 
what comes to my mind in that as well is is kind of how then do we create awareness and help people understand that um through our lived experience so i suppose how do we educate and help create awareness of what lived experience is it within a role whether that's a trustee and 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 or a employment or CEO position. Um, how do you think? Nina, such that? a brilliant you know, question in a, in a way, because I think what we do is I believe actually when people, well, firstly, you know, in my experience, when I've asked for help to review or understand the financial data, uh, you have a deeper understanding of it. Actually, it is amazing. The people who actually produce these numbers at the same time as they have to explain it to you, start to get different understanding and then insights that you know, when you actually stand back and look at them, you come up with different. So it is a very beneficial experience for them as well. And to actually get a message across that spreadsheets, whilst you can do it, all everything is possible using our technology. It is how best we use our time, is my real um, request to our colleagues usually. That, you know, yeah, I can read that spreadsheet by looking at element by element, but it is an extremely time-consuming uh, you know, because you guys will appreciate. You have to do that. You're building the picture bottom up. Uh, whereas somebody who is you know, looking at this table and you can just ask them pointed questions like, you know, I just want to know what is the total spend or uh, what is the total income? And then I can uh, drill down on items of interest. And similarly, if there's a PowerPoint with pictures on it, I much rather hear that caption and if I don't make sense, you know, doesn't make sense, I think, you know, actually explaining to people, but I think it's, it's, it's I'm, it's, what I find generally speaking is it is a, a message that needs to get across, but it is just like everything else, making those changes, making that understandable sometimes takes time and uh, and i think if you keep doing it and if you get into that so i used to have this all my trustees meeting i used to have the uh, before they send the paper or after they send the paper i want a half an hour conversation as a follow-up with the people that are appropriate and it became a um, standard it saved me so much effort by doing that but it also actually made them aware that this is a, you know, we will have to have this conversation. Uh, otherwise, you know, you end up having a very, very low expectation. And I don't feel uh, I can then contribute effectively. So really to your question, I think two things. One, get into people's head why it is important. And two, make it a habit. And, and you know, slowly you will see that people get it. And actually, your colleagues start to think, how do you know? And why did you, you know, how, do you how does he actually understand this much? Mm. You know, when they, you know, quite a lot of them will not have read into that sort of detail. And actually, what you do is 
incredibly build your reputation, you build your credibility, you know, people start to listen to you much, much more, is how I felt. It's a, it's a really, I think it's a really interesting point, actually, Raj, about that the whole having a person with lived experience on that board, that's going to inform and educate people straight away. Yeah. And people then start to think differently about how to conduct a meeting or um, whatever it is they're involved in, in order to, to utilise the, the experience that's on the table, I suppose. I'll talk a little bit, slightly one other experience, given that we do a lot of this now online. And if you're chairing a meeting as a, as a chair of a trustee, which I am, you then start to think, how do I do this? Because the, it is much, much easier for people um, who can see uh, your hands up, somebody wants to speak. Uh, and some of you will know, as a user of a screen reading technology, sometimes that's really challenging. So I have specifically at the beginning of the meeting have said to people, I need some help from someone to be a visual chair. And that actually is very simple and really, really effective. So somebody can just keep an eye. And actually what happens is, in fact, you find that people are so very you're attentive and see how you build that up when you have a much, much bigger group. So if it's like six or eight people, it's not an issue. But if it's like 12, 15 people, then it becomes a slightly challenging and then, then that sort of uh, ways I can use that. So this is very specifically for meetings online and it becomes a uh, challenging sometimes, but you know, it's so much better now for me. And straight away by doing that, Raj, you've, you've raised awareness in the room and people are yeah. more conscious oh. of that, aren't they? Completely, and they're, they're straight away see your house, and then they get very amazed when you remember their names so <laughs> well, particularly when you're new uh, new groups of people. And think, wow, you know, I've been in. Interestingly enough, you know, um, some some you know when you're interviewing some people for a the role as a trustee or as an exec, senior executive. Yeah, and there are several candidates or some of several panel members, and you'd sort of never met these people who will come to talk to you, and you start, to, and you guys will understand when you actually remember their names. In simple things like that, actually, so powerful. Absolutely, Raj. I'm just keen to know as we come towards the close, really, of our podcast mm -hmm. for today. I'm keen to know or had to hear your thoughts really on, we, we know that anecdotally probably, but I think anybody who works in the sector will appreciate there's not enough representation of people with lived experience in the decision-making process and, and uh, posts yes. and trustee boards and chairpersons and things. So how do you think the sector should start to, to right. change that, to, to, to look at engaging um more people with lived experience in these senior positions? So I think the biggest thing, your biggest change is individuals listening to this and wanting to actually um, have the opportunity to 
undertake a role like this or a role in a you know senior executive level roles i would say do your best as long you have the passion for the cause you have the experience and if you have the knowledge and you have the commitment i believe any one of us and it is so hugely rewarding once you get into that you it's that taking that initial step and at that fear of not knowing what this is about i can only tell you it is a enormously you know and and really really kind of a role once you get into it it is so rewarding and you you're making a difference for not just you the whole entire community and when you see that meaningful impact you make you will feel why didn't i do this before so i would say anybody listening to this i'll encourage you to take a step be a volunteer yeah nina do you think the responsibility lies within the organizations and hiring power um to get more people in those positions with lived experience or do you think it falls down to the people with the lived experience themselves and having that confidence to go yeah. into the roles or do you think it's a bit of both yeah nina this is another interesting paradox really because when you when you when i speak to colleagues and you know who are in the sort of hiring uh, positions they say oh there's no enough people applying for this role and when you talk to people like uh, your know, people who have this passion and want this role and they say well there is not these guys are not actually really going to hire me or either as a you know involve me or sign up me as a trustee or even a, i think there is some truth in that so there is a level of really commitment from each of the boards i know people have tried different things i think ultimately i you know you guys may have come across user led organizations and i do not believe that within the site loss sector there is a what you might say a complete user led there are people within that with some experience but that's the other extreme that it is entirely led by the users for them for their community for, for the benefit of them but that only happens by either having some of those regulatory means to say that we will we commit to taking x number of people on our board with visual impairment that's one way of making it happen and actually it is our role and i think this will go towards that that there is a massive benefit we are missing huge talents and i think look at when you i'm sure you guys all know when you ask asking when you're looking for trustees it's not a simple uh, you're fine but if we actually get some of the people in our sector understanding that each board should have in their articles some understanding that a composition of that board should have a 
some percentage of visual impairment members or with lived experience. I think that will help us. At the same time, I think there is some level of education, some level of awareness, and some level of uh, encouragement on the uh, on the on the part of our colleagues who are sort of not sure, not aware. Making it happen for them, we just need to encourage them. I hope that makes it sort of gives some insights, Nina. It does indeed, Raj, and um, you've given us so much to digest and to think about um, and and to talk about, actually, many discussion points within everything you've said today. Um, I, I think it's been a fascinating discussion and I, I'm very, very grateful to you for your time today. I know that uh, I can, I saw Nina's reactions during our chats and, and she was nodding and smiling and I, I think it resonated yeah. so much. So there's lots for us to think about and do and um, and uh, we look forward to um, taking some of these actions forward. But for now, Roz, can I say thank you very much for your time and uh, we look forward to catching up with you again soon. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Raj. Thank you both. Thank you both. It's been a pleasure you know, and uh, no doubt uh, we look forward to uh, remain connected. Hi, Fiona Sanford from Visionary here again. I hope you loved listening to Raj. Next up is our very own Nina. So again, uh, please remember the call to action that we have here is that you share the podcast with at least one other person. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcasts. Mm-hmm.